The tide just may be turning, at last, against Marvel. For nearly two decades, the seemingly invincible MCU has dominated the cinematic release schedule, but some cracks are showing in their audience response. And when people pause to look more deeply at the company behind the impressive box office record, there's also growing evidence of some fairly shady practices. So what's going on under the hood? Here's our take on the dark truths of the MCU. Oh, is that truth serum? In March of 2023, Disney laid off Ike Perlmutter, the chairman of Marvel Entertainment and the man at the center of Marvel's sale to Disney. But he was a divisive and controversial figure for a long time before he was finally ushered out. Who was in that room but one of the most reclusive CEOs in America? That's Ike Perlmutter. He is rarely photographed. In 2014, emails between Perlmutter and Sony executive Michael Linton were leaked, in which he listed a series of female-led superhero movies that he referred to as disaster. It was alleged that his belief that people didn't want female superheroes was the reason behind Marvel taking so long to make a Black Widow movie, or for failing to include Wasp in the original iteration of the Avengers. And this chauvinistic culture trickled down to the actors themselves. A lot of fans were actually pretty invested in the idea of Natasha with actually either or, or both of you guys, and now obviously she's with, she's with Bruce. She's a slut. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say something along that line. Similarly, it was Perlmutter who, according to Disney CEO Bob Iger, put up roadblocks in their plans to make a Black Panther movie. Again, this was justified on financial grounds, but Perlmutter wasn't some archaic, toothless figurehead. Arguably, his worldview fed into a culture of sexism and racism that was tied to the MCU's early success. There's a long history of Marvel's relationship with the military. The first Captain America comic sold war bonds and were pretty squarely aimed at boosting morale during wartime. Each one you buy is a bullet in the barrel of your best guy's gun. But propaganda during World War II is one thing. Marvel's relationship with the U.S. Air Force now is another. Tom Secker writes, The production assistance agreement signed between Marvel Studios and the Pentagon for Iron Man shows that the Air Force saw the movie as a great opportunity for boosting recruitment. In exchange for being able to shoot on military bases and use real military planes, Marvel portrays the military in a heroic, uncritical light. When they were handing out kids, they gave her the toughest one, Lieutenant Trouble. You remember. There's even some suggestion they've collaborated with the FBI as well. While there's no official agreement out there like in the case of the Air Force, The Guardian's Akinola writes how the mere use of the FBI logo requires approval from the agency. You could argue that these close relationships are of benefit to the films. They help ground them in a world we know and make them seem more real. But these relationships are far from apolitical, and it's worth being critical of the underlying messages that these films put out. MCU films' quality has never been beyond criticism. Martin Scorsese famously likened them to theme park rides rather than actual cinema. But a common defense is that these productions offer great jobs for the industry's most talented crew members and VFX artists. The more that we learn, though, the more it seems that the VFX artists who are so crucial to these movies are put in the firing line. Does that look real? In that particular shot, no, actually. VFX artists began speaking out in 2022 about Marvel being an infamous client. There were reports of people expected to work 60 to 80 hour weeks for months on end, often with this overtime going unpaid. Speaking to CNET, one source said, we've literally made up entire third acts of a film a month before release because the director didn't know what they wanted. With Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, VFX workers admitted shortcuts were taken, said resources were diverted away from the film 
Realm and onto Black Panther Wakanda Forever, and that quality control was subpar. The entirety of the industry that has been touched by Marvel is permanently seared, and that's what's causing the most burnout, one said. Something like this, which is so transportive and visually striking, people should really see it in a movie theater. And this undervaluing of behind-the-scenes staff extends to writers, too. Ed Brubaker and Steve Epting were the ones who revived the Winter Soldier character for the Marvel comics, and whose stories formed the skeleton of movies and series that grossed billions of dollars. But that money doesn't trickle down, with Brubaker saying, All Steve and I have got for creating the Winter Soldier and his storyline is a thanks here or there, and over the years, that's become harder and harder to live with. And despite the long-standing feeling that scoring a Marvel role is the ultimate win for actors, there are also growing claims that Marvel is holding some of its actors back as artists. Elizabeth Olsen's role as Wanda Maximoff led to one of the most critically acclaimed Marvel productions in WandaVision. But in a 2022 interview with the New York Times, Olsen let slip that being in the MCU had prevented her from being in other movies that she was really drawn to, like The Lobster. I started to feel frustrated, she said. I had this job security, but I was losing these pieces that I felt were more part of my being. Brie Larson is another celebrated character actor turned superhero, but the backlash she received from the more toxic members of Marvel's fandom over her role as Captain Marvel led her to be visibly frustrated when discussing the part. How long will you play Captain Marvel for? I don't know. Does anyone want me to do it again? A lot of the complaints actors have toward the MCU are about the undue influence that the franchise has had over film culture at large. Just as superhero movies themselves are accused of driving mid-budget adult dramas from the box office, Marvel's power over actors effectively pushes many to pick a lane between financial security and making meaningful art. John Hamm has called the contracts superhero movies tie you into draconian while Anthony Mackie, an actual Marvel superhero, had this to say. The evolution of the superhero has meant the death of the movie star. And actors aren't the only ones who've come out swinging. Part of the MCU's success has come from hiring notable indie filmmakers and allowing them to play in the blockbuster sandpit. Taika Waititi, Chloe Zhao, and Ryan Coogler all began with low-budget art house movies. But is the vision of the director or the writer really the driving force behind these movies? Edgar Wright was initially on board to direct the first Ant-Man film, but Wright pulled out because his script was redrafted without his involvement. Reflecting on the experience later, he said, I wanted to make a Marvel movie, but I don't think they really wanted to make an Edgar Wright movie. It was pretty bumpy for sure and I was uh, uh, I'm really sad about it. I mean Edgar's brilliant and Edgar brought me on. Wright's comments chime with those made by Ava DuVernay, who was originally on board to direct Black Panther before dropping out. She said, it's important to me that that be true to who I was in this moment and if there's too much compromise it really wasn't going to be an Ava DuVernay film. Even directors who have made Marvel films have mentioned being pushed into creative decisions. Sam Raimi didn't want to include Venom in Spider-Man 3, saying, I didn't recognize enough humanity within that character to be able to identify with him properly, but caved to pressure from studio execs. Never wound. What you can't kill. These directors have their names on the posters, and it's their reputations that take the hit if the films aren't well received. But directing a Marvel film is often about how to compromise between what your creative vision is and what the higher-ups feel like will be best for the brand. 
Marvel has been very vocal about its diversity and its core values. Bob Iger said Black Panther changed the world for the good. But how much is it really doing? Jessica Alba, who was part of the Marvel Universe before it became the cultural goliath that it is today, recently said, Even if you look at the Marvel movies, that's the biggest driver of fantasy and what's happening right now in entertainment, because it's sort of the family thing. It's still quite Caucasian. Can you remember your exact emotions on the bridge? <laughs> Anger. Rage. Frustration. When it comes to queer characters, there has been a marked uptick of LGBT plus representation in the MCU. Valkyrie is bisexual and played by a bisexual actor, Tessa Thompson. Fastos in Eternals is gay, and America Chavez in Doctor Strange 2 makes reference to having two moms. However, after initially saying they wouldn't edit any of these movies for international distribution with Eternals, they eventually did cut all scenes of intimacy, including a gay kiss, for the film's release in Indonesia, UAE, Jordan, Lebanon, and Egypt. And this isn't the only careful editing Marvel has done for political reasons. In Doctor Strange, Tilda Swinton plays the Ancient One, a Celtic mystic who acts as a guide to Doctor Strange. But in the comics, that character is from Tibet, and the decision to rewrite that character was specifically so as not to alienate the Chinese market. There's also controversy over the proposed inclusion of Sabra in the upcoming Captain America New World Order. Sabra is effectively an Israeli Captain America, and in the comics often targets Palestinians and affords them little humanity. They portray Palestinians horribly. In fact, they don't even acknowledge their existence. They call them Arabs or Alibabas. With all this in mind, is the MCU losing its gargantuan dominance on movies? Reviews of some of its recent efforts have been poor. Series like Miss Marvel, Moon Knight, and She-Hulk haven't had the cultural impact of previous efforts like WandaVision or Jessica Jones, and maybe most importantly, other blockbusters like Top Gun Maverick, Avatar 2, and even the Indian sensation RRR have been huge successes and kind of shown Marvel up. Come on, kid, you can do it. Don't think. Just do it. So is our love affair with the superhero at last waning, or do Marvel just need to adapt with the times? Maybe the next MCU phase will find its best creativity on screen by taking criticisms of its behind-the-scenes problems on board and changing the practices that they've been rightly called out for. That's the take. Click here to watch a video we think you'll love or here to check out a whole playlist of awesome content. Don't forget to subscribe and turn on notifications.